If you have a Bible, if you'd open to Matthew 6, that's where we'll be reading in a moment together. Thy kingdom come. Now, there is a reality in the faith, a reality of what is true of historical Christianity. Now, there are two things that I just want to make a slight difference between. There's, there's a vast difference between the religion of Christianity and the faith of Christianity. And I'm going to make a slight distinction here. Many people over time in history have ascribed themselves to religion. Religion, in simple ways, and you could say it pretty definitively, has caused some of the greatest atrocities in all the world. But there is something about the faith of Christianity, the the faith of following after our Savior, Jesus Christ, his ways, his purposes, his thoughts, his desires for us. See, the scripture is clear, the New Testament is clear of there are two kingdoms. There's a kingdom of God, right? And there's a kingdom of self. The kingdom of God is his reign and rule, And the kingdom of self is our reign and rule. Now, every person in this room has reign and rule over their own lives. Right now, today, you can make a choice to do anything you want, anything you desire. Right? Anybody say amen on that? Right? I can do what I want. I'm a man, right? My wife doesn't tell me what to do. I can say what I want, I can go where I want, I can, I can act how I want, I can do, I am my own man. We live in these kind of two places, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of self. And the kingdom of self is basically this, saying that I call the shots, that I have the way, and my way is right, my way is correct, and I will not bow my knee down to any other way. The kingdom of God says this, and this is how the Bible refers to it, is that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus as Lord. There comes a place in our life where we bow our knee down and we say, this life is no longer about me. It is not about my wants. It's not about my desires, but it is about my God. His way His rule, his reign, are now my way. It's no longer about me, it's about him. It's coming to a place and a position in life of recognizing that this is no longer about me. See, the kingdom of self operates with these things. When we are hurt... The kingdom of self says, you get vengeance. When we are hurt, what we say is, hold on to it and don't ever let him do it again. The kingdom of self and its reign and rule is about vengeance. It's full of guilt and it's full of bitterness. But the kingdom of God is a place where God is the one who gets vengeance and it is not mine to get The kingdom of God is a place where he takes the pain and the hurt and the harm away from us and gives us freedom and life. The kingdom of God is a place, is a a reign and rule where bitterness is replaced by joy because of the one who gave his life for me. 
So I'm going to just work through this. We're going to get into the word here in a second, but work through this. You get a little bit more this hour because there's not baptism. So um, congratulations. And so, um, yeah, so, so, so the, the way this works out um, in, in day-to-day life for each and every one of us is, is this. So imagine with me, um, if you will, for a second. So there's someone else up on the stage with me, and I have, I have hurt them, right? So I say to them, um, John, I'll use you, John, right? John, you're a jerk, right? I just say, John, you're a jerk. And I tell him why he's a jerk, right? So what, what just happened in that moment when I came after John, called him a jerk? Well, what happened is, is, is I heaped guilt upon myself because I was ugly to him, right? And if I ever come to a recognition of coming after him in a way that I was honestly, I was not happy, I was mad at him, what, what happens to me is I... I heap guilt upon myself. And at some point in time, if I will ever think or listen or hear what I actually did, what do I owe him? An apology. Because I heaped guilt upon my shoulders. But I did something to him too. Yeah, thanks, man. I did something to him too. I heaped possible potential bitterness in his heart. And so whether John likes it or not, he's got to deal with what I did to him. Because if he doesn't forgive me, even if I don't ask, he in time could become bitter toward me, bitter toward pastors, bitter toward people, in a way that forever harms his life and the way he functions and lives. So whether you like it or not, we've all got to deal with guilt, and we've all got to deal with... Anybody ever been mean to you? Raise your hand. If anybody's ever been mean to you in life, right? You ever felt, have you ever felt the pain of starting to get bitter? Raise your hand if you've ever been sort of mean or terrible to anyone. Anyone? I thought so. And so, um, and so we, we have this issue, right? And just so you know, there is no place of authority. There's no place in life where it is ever okay to hurt or harm someone else. Somebody with me, say amen. It is never okay in our own hearts to hinder, to hold bitterness towards someone because it is a cancer to our souls. So today... Let's stand together, and we're going to read the Lord's Prayer again this morning. We're going to, um, so if you'll stand, we're going to read it together. We're going to start, right, in verse 9. We're going to end in verse 12 today, so we're going to start our Father. We're going to finish with forgiven our debts. So if you will, let's read together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Father, would you help us this morning? Lord, we believe this prayer is one that forms us and shapes us into your image. And Lord, would you help us to take these words seriously in our very own lives, that you might rid our lives of the guilt and the bitterness that comes with unforgiveness, that comes and harming others. And would you help us, Lord, to hold right accounts with others, right accounts with you. Might we live peacefully with you and each other. Help us to this end, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So this morning, as we look at this text, I want to define a couple things. So guilt. Guilt is not a feeling, but it is something that someone has done to you, or rather, um, Guilt is not a feeling, but it's something I have done to produce a feeling that needs to be dealt with. And so 
right, guilt is, is much more than a feeling, like saying, I feel guilty. We have done an act, we have done something in order to heap guilt upon our lives. You with me? Okay. Second thing is bitterness. Bitterness is resentment due to something someone has done to you, real or perceived. So bitterness is resentment due to something someone has done to you, whether real or perceived. So, so here's the big idea of this morning. You can quit listening if you get this, right? When you are forgiven, you are set free. When you are forgiven by Jesus Christ, you are set free. When you're forgiven by someone else, you are set free. When you forgive someone else, they are set free. Freedom comes in forgiveness. Freedom comes when I give forgiveness out of the forgiveness I have received. So, again, the prayer that we've been reading through, thy kingdom come, the Lord's prayer. Right at the beginning of the prayer establishes our focus on the right person, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Right, it establishes the right priority. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is about your kingdom, God, not mine. Give us this day our daily bread. God, you are the one who truly provides. I trust in you for provision. And then today, forgive us our trespasses as we have also forgiven our debtors. Or forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. So in this text this morning, there's kind of some key words that are connected. We have forgive and forgiven. Us, our, and we. Debts, trespasses, debtors. So forgive, forgiven. Forgive us our trespasses as we have also forgiven our debtors. So there's a request in this prayer. It's saying, God, forgive me of my debts. Forgive me of my trespasses. Forgive me of the things that I have done against you. Forgive me of the things I've done against others. And then out of that forgiveness I have received, help me to grant forgiveness to those around me in my life. Right? Very simple principle. Did anyone not know that truth this morning? Raise your hand if you didn't know it. You did, right? We know it. It's not a question if we know it. The question is, do we do it? That's what matters more than anything. Forgive us our, right? This is personal. It's specific. That if you were to think hard enough this morning, I believe every person in this room could have think of, can think of a trespass, a debt that you owe someone right now. A way that you acted this morning on the way to church. A way that you acted yesterday with your family. A way that you said this, did this, work this way, doesn't matter if you're a boss, doesn't matter if you're an employee, it's not justified. There is something that we have done against others, right? And so, so forgive us, it is a place of humility, right? Our, our trespasses, our debts, it's specific. There are real ones that we can name. I do not believe this prayer is intended to be one that's just really generic. Hey, God, forgive me of all the stuff I've done. Because when we get specific, it really is where the rubber meets the road. Because I can gloss over stuff, anybody else? It's easier to do that, right? But when I get specific, it's a little bit more challenging to our hearts. Forgive us our, right? As we also have forgiven our debtors, we, right? This is this, this, this bigger us, our, we, this we have forgiven. There is this assumption here that there is a forgiveness that is reciprocated out of those who have been forgiven, that it is a normative way of life. I would say that, that the faith 
historically has been identified by those who grant forgiveness to their oppressors and to those who hurt them and harm them in the day-to-day of life. It is a defining quality of our Savior, and it is a defining quality of those who believe, giving forgiveness. So us, our, we, right, our debts, our trespasses toward us. So Jesus actually, right after this, is going to speak in verses 14 and 15 at greater length about this forgiveness. He says in verse 14, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So the kind of principle in this is that the level in which you give forgiveness is the level in which God will grant you forgiveness. Anybody down with that? Anybody want that? I don't want that. (laughs) The level in which I give forgiveness, in essence, I'm saying, hey, God, give me the same level. Now, we have to understand some things here. There's positional forgiveness and relational forgiveness. So if you are in Christ Jesus, you have been made right with God only by his work on the cross, by his shed blood, by his death, by his resurrection, by the finished and completed work and trusting in Jesus, are we saved and made right with God? It's positional forgiveness. I have been set right. I have been justified by faith in Jesus Christ and Christ alone. But there's a relational forgiveness that we need and we desire to live rightly in the day-to-day of life. And that's what this is speaking of. For if you forgive others' trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Meaning if his forgiveness has taken root in your heart and you've seen what Jesus has done for you, you are going to reciprocate this forgiveness outwardly. And if you don't reciprocate any forgiveness outwardly, it is showing that there is something that that hasn't happened in your very own soul. If you've been given forgiveness, will you not give forgiveness? But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Meaning that if you do not give this outwardly, if you have not had forgiveness happen in your very own soul, right, this will not happen in your life. Relationally, you will live broken with others. So again, we know this is true. Sin brings separation relationally. We all experience it, and we could all sit around and talk for hours today about the relational brokenness that we have experienced because of sin in this world and in our relationships. So, when we do this against God and others, sin places barriers in our life. So the plain truth with you, me, and God, how do we work this out? Well, there's three things that we'll look at this morning of how do we overcome forgiveness and unforgiveness? How do we overcome guilt and bitterness to live in a way that is right before God and relationally at peace with him and others? So the first, I believe, and it's kind of a three-step process we have this morning, is, is the first step is contemplation. Contemplation. And the question that we have to ask is, have I trespassed? Or have I been trespassed against? Have I debts toward others? Or have I, um, or do others have debts toward me? I believe there's five things as we look at this, as we just kind of plain speak it amongst us. See, when we begin to contemplate, have I harmed someone else or have I been harmed? There are kind of these states that we find ourselves in. The first is we might be blind to it. We might be blind to it. It might say something like this, I am unaware of the pain I've caused. 
Anyone ever know anyone there? Have you ever been there? That you are unaware of the pain that you've caused or you're unaware of the pain that you've been dealt. You're kind of living in this place where everything's not right, there's a relational brokenness, but you can't even put your finger on it. You know you've been harmed, but you can't even quite say how. You're blind to it. Matthew 18, there's a parable, and Jesus talks about forgiveness, and there's this man who owes a debt. And Jesus tells a parable that there was this man that owed a debt to the king and he couldn't pay the king and he pleaded and pleaded with the king, please, 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 please forgive me. And the king, the king finally said, fine, I will forgive you all your debts. So this man went on to be profitable and all of a sudden there was another landowner that had a debt that he owed this man. And what was this man's response? We wouldn't forgive him wouldn't forgive his debts. He actually caused much harm to this man. And then other tenants went and they told the king what had happened. The king goes to the man and what happens? He throws him into prison. And he says, you've never, you, you are undeserving of the forgiveness you've received. He, he didn't reciprocate. He was blind to the forgiveness that he had received. And therefore he didn't give forgiveness outward. He was blind to it. Another place that we can find ourselves is that we're wrong. Right? You are living with this level of guilt that you hurt someone or you wronged them and you didn't. And you're living with it in your own mind, but yet nothing really happened. Or you're, un, you're in a place where you actually weren't hurt, you weren't wronged, you just kind of live with a disposition of thinking everyone has wronged you and hurt you in life. Another place that you might find yourself is that you're just, right? You're just in harming others and holding bitterness, right? They deserved what I did, and I will not ask for forgiveness. Or, I deserved what he or she did, and I have to rest in it. We live in this kind of deserving. Another that we might find ourselves is this is our disposition, right? It's just who I am. People can deal with me. I am who I am. If I hurt people, whatever. Anybody know that guy? Or, I've been hurt, and I'm mad, and I like it that way. And I'm going to stay hurt, and I'm going to stay mad, and I'm going to live with a sour disposition toward others and resentment the rest of my life. Oftentimes, where you find these is these are self-appointed tellers of truths. Somebody said to me, lots of people are saying, kind of folks. They love to stir up conflict They love to bring on pain and hurt. It's just who I am. It's my disposition. And fifth, might kind of qualify in this, is you're afraid. And I think this is where a lot of us find ourselves, afraid. A fear that freezes action. Afraid. I am aware of the pain I've caused, but afraid to deal with it. I'm aware of the pain I've caused, but I'm afraid to deal with it. Or I'm, I'm aware that of the pain I've been dealt, but afraid to let go of it. So I say this, and I believe the word says this to us, is this. Consider your ways. Search my heart, O God. It's a place of contemplation of saying, have I hurt or harmed anyone? And am I in my life holding bitterness toward others? Have I hurt or harmed, and am I holding bitterness toward others? Consider your ways. David says, search my heart, O God, and know me. 
And what this causes and how we ought to respond is to slow down, see ourselves. Have you ever slowed down enough and saw yourself for how you are in the day-to-day of life and how you interact with others? Have you ever slowed down and heard yourself, how you speak, your tone, your actions? Have you ever thought about yourself, your actions, your relationships, how others see you? And maybe others see you wrongly, or maybe others see you rightly. I don't believe that we can actually pray this prayer in a genuine way, forgive us our trespasses if we have also forgiven our debtors, debts, debtors, without contemplation, without considering, without searching, without slowing down and seeing ourselves, hearing ourselves, thinking about how we are perceived by others. Contemplation, again, is the turning or revolving of a subject. And I believe it is worthwhile to revolve a subject called the debts we owe others and the debts others owe us. And considering where these are and pinpointing them in our life specifically. And I believe then that leads to interaction. Second, interaction. What to do with it. Right, this is a course, a process, or plan. So you've contemplated, you've spun this subject around, you see the places where you have trespassed or you have been trespassed against, where you have debts, where, where those have debts for you, and you have interaction. And so where does this begin? Well, we've pinpointed these things, so what should we do? Well, as we do that, we should always seek God. Right? Maybe even pray, show me God not only these errors in my heart and soul, but show me, God, a path forward in this. God, reveal to me a path forward in this relationship and that relationship with you, God, with others, that not only do I seek God, but I seek his word. Bring to mind, lead me in truth, God. Help me develop a course forward in these things and let your word reveal to me a course forward in my life. And I believe that his word is living and it is active and it will do this in us. To seek wise counsel, to put men and women in our lives who will be honest with us. How many of us really want someone in our life who is honest? Not me, man. I just want to stay where I am, right? I just want, I just want the people around me that say, Ryan, you're great, you're awesome, you're wonderful, but what do I need? I need people that will be honest with me, who I am how I act in a way that I know they love me enough that they'll tell me more for me. By the way, that is not an invitation for all y'all. And so, um, <laughs> right, that, that I seek wise counsel to put all y'all. <laughs> put men and women in our lives who will be honest. This is a hard one. Putting people in our lives will be honest with where we are and who we are in the day-to-day of life. And then last, we make a plan, a course, a process ahead. Obey God by acting upon what he has said. Again, this has to do with the kingdom of God or the kingdom of self, right? Self is about self-protecting. God is about holiness and righteousness. Self is about self-preservation. God is about preserving his mission through us in this world. 
we have to make a decision if I will bow my knee down to step forward with what God has said because I am a citizen of his kingdom. I no longer call the shots. It is his way, no longer my way. So the kingdom of God reigning and ruling my heart. And so contemplation plus interaction with truth equals resolution. That's the last third is resolution. Insincerity, right? So, so resolution. So I, I must do it, right? Take action. Make it right. Clean house. Right? This is this, this place in our lives where we have to begin to step forward and move. So we've, we've thought about it. We've turned it over. We've contemplated it. We've interacted with it. I've sought God. I've sought his word. I've sought wise counsel. I've made a plan, a course, a process, a head that I believe that, that honors the Lord. And so now I must resolve it, move forward, take, do it, take action, make it right. And so we do this, I believe in maybe four ways, in sincerity, right? In sincerity, I must move forward. Is it, have you ever had any, anyone apologize to you that didn't mean it? Anybody ever been there? Do you have brothers and sisters that actually you grew up with, right? right? I, I, as a parent, what do, we, what do we say to our kids when they're not sincere? Like, we say, tell your sister sorry, because we only have girls. And so tell your sister sorry. She says, sorry, and we're like, go to your room, <laughs> right? Like, we're going to do this again later, right? That, that's what we do with this. In sincerity, not in regret, right? If, if you've been caught, you're probably not going to initially be very remorseful. You're just going to regret what you did because you got caught, I don't know how many people I've sat with over the years in regards to infidelity. They weren't really remorseful. They just hated the pain that they were being caused because they got caught. Remorse and regret are very, very different things. And when we're seeking to stand right before others, we're not just doing something just simply because we're remorseful, not because we're regretful of what we did, but we're remorseful. There's a genuine sorrow over the pain and hurt that we have caused another. In sincerity, with wisdom... Right? And so if we're going to, toward reconciliation, resolution, meaning that even now, today, this sermon is, is actually super dangerous because in this room, if you're a man, there may be a woman in your past that you need to ask forgiveness toward because of the way that you did not treat her with dignity, the way in which you did not treat her in the way that God wanted you to, the way you did not treat her because she, as, as, as you should have because she was not your wife. Right? There, there's danger in this because there's someone from your past that you need to go to because you have wronged them and you are never going to be at peace until you resolve this issue. So what's danger, right, is that we must do it with wisdom. We must be, be careful to ask and to give for, for we, we must be careful, like, with wisdom. We must be careful to ask and to give forgiveness and wisdom, not to harm others for our own conscience. Meaning that, that woman from your past who's married and has kids and is living a happy life, you probably don't need to heap that upon her today. You're going to cause more pain than you are good and it's for you and it is selfish to act in that way. And so maybe before God today, you say, God, I am so sorry for what I've done. 
please grant me your forgiveness. If you ever give me a moment that is divinely yours, I will ask for it personally. But until then, I let loose of it today. So maybe just before God, we do those things. Maybe with wisdom, right? We don't drag people down into the hole unneeded that they've come out of. Maybe there's another way back in time in history in our life or presently that have come out of a hole and they're living their life well in which you harmed in some way. And by grabbing a hold of them, you're going to drag them back down. Maybe you don't go to that person personally. But that's why we need to seek God, seek his word, seek wise counsel, and make a plan or course ahead. If you don't seek wise counsel, you will probably not act with wisdom in asking and granting forgiveness. Anybody with me this morning? So with wisdom, in sincerity, with wisdom, we act. We do what God has said, right? And this is do what God has said. Maybe, again, you write a note, grant forgiveness, and throw the note away. Maybe you write a note to someone that you've hurt or harmed in history past. Maybe you go to someone this morning, maybe in this room, and you get right with them. So you, in sincerity, with wisdom, act and move forward. Once you are done, you are done in repentance and in forgiveness. I remember a while back there was, <clears throat> there was in my own life, I, I said, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for this one thing I've done, right? I, I don't feel like I did this as well as I could. And guy would bring it up to me, hey, what about this? And bring it up to me again and again and again. So finally I had a meeting and I said, here's the deal, guys. This is how it's going to go. I asked for forgiveness. I believe I did it with sincerity and I'm done asking. You can hold on to it if you want to, but I'm done. Because you keep dragging me back into something that I've already requested. Anybody been there? We can't drag each other in. Once we do it, we're done. We move on and move forward. I love I have a wife who is very forgiving. And I mean this. One of her greatest, greatest attributes, which is, believe this, she's just simply a child of God, is when I ask her for forgiveness and sincerity, she grants it. And we move forward in our relationship and our life. So, resolution, right? Seeking to resolve it. We move forward. Once we're done, we're done in repentance and forgiveness, right? So, so hurting others, right? We, we come to a conclusion in our lives that I don't want to hurt people in my life. I'm tired of it. I will seek forgiveness and deal with the consequences. There's a line. Now, I don't know if you follow... Uh, Marvel movies much, but I like the Marvel movies. And at the end of Captain America Winter Soldier, there's this moment. Anybody Marvel fans? Nope. Um, so, love them. So, there's a line, and Black Panther says this. So good. So, at, at the end of the movie, he says, Vengeance has consumed you, it has consumed them and I am done letting it consume me. Now, the scene at the end of the movie is there, I mean, literally, is a battle because of the harm that has been caused toward others. There's a man who's literally killed hundreds and hundreds of people because of the vengeance that he wanted because his own family was killed. The Black Panther at this moment in his life was coming after that man because he had killed his father. And he makes this statement. He says, vengeance has consumed you. It has consumed me, them, I am done letting it consume me. We must come to a resolution in our own lives of saying that I will not be ruled by such things. 
Because if I'm ruled by these things, then that means that's how I would like God to rule over me. I do not want his vengeance, although I deserve it. So what do we do? Forgive us our trespasses as we have also forgiven our debtors. Forgiveness. I believe there's three things that we can do in application of this passage this morning in regards to forgiveness. First, we can seek it. The Bible speaks so sternly toward this this subject of seeking forgiveness. And this is painful for a preacher to say. It says that if you have an offering to give today in the boxes in the back, yet have unforgiveness with a brother, don't give the offering and go to the brother. Says so important, 1 Corinthians 10, that if you have an odd with a brother or sister, don't take communion, don't take of the body, don't take of the bread, go and find restitution with your brother and sister and then come back and take it. But until then, let it be. We must be people that seek forgiveness when we have wronged and we have harmed others. Tell you this, next time that someone comes against you or harms them, you can kind of feel a little bit of sadness toward them because at the, at the end of the day, they're heaping a burden upon themselves of guilt. And that burden of guilt, one day they will have to resolve if they ever slow down and see themselves in that moment. Right? We must be people right, that, that seek forgiveness. The second is we must give it. We must give it, like grant forgiveness toward others. The measure you give is the measure you have received, right? Give forgiveness. And now that can be a really hard thing to do, can it? It's hard to let go of pains and hurts because they begin to kind of live with us. They kind of reside in us and we almost begin to like it because it's this way in which and condition with I've began to live towards someone else. But it presents for us more slavery than it does freedom. And the more I can release forgiveness, I can give it, the more freedom I will live in my life. I believe the third, the last, seek it, give it, and receive it. Receive it. This morning, I want to tell you the greatest news in all the world, and I hope you'll hear this today. God loved you so much that he did not spare his own son, but he sent him into this world to die for your sins and for my sins. God knew that we had rebelled against his intended ways. He established this world for us to walk at peace with him. But what we, what we chose over God's freedom was we chose our own way, our own path, our own wants, and our own desires. Just like Adam and Eve said, God, thanks for making me. No thanks for telling me how to live my life. We have done the same and we rejected the rule of God. We rejected the reign of God and we went our own way. Isaiah says it like this. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned to each his own way and the Lord, right? Right, this is this, we have have resisted the rule and reign of God. So what did God do? God sent his one and only son into this world to die the death that we deserved. 
He was crushed for our transgressions. He was persecuted. He was mocked. He was beaten. He was crucified for your sins and my sins. That Jesus died a horrific death on the cross because of our rebellion against God. And through repentance, turning from our sin and placing our faith, we can be made right with God. We can receive forgiveness for our rebellion. We can receive forgiveness for resisting, rejecting the reign and rule of God. And we can, in receiving forgiveness, be made right with God. The question today is, have you received the forgiveness of God? Now, just quick, the text says it, so we have to deal with it. Do you grant forgiveness well in your life? Do you request forgiveness much in your life? See, what this text is saying is that forgiveness is kind of the whole deal of the Christian faith. It's the whole deal between us and God, and it's the whole deal between us and each other. And I'll just let you know, in humility, every person in this room has wronged someone else recently. Every person. Raise your hand if you've wronged someone recently. (laughs) And so this whole, like, Christian, I got it all together, I'm perfect thing. Anybody else? Anybody in that category? Anybody there? No? So what we can do is we can let loose here a little bit, can't we, church? And saying that a normative way of life in the Christian life is seeking and granting forgiveness. It's normative. It's not abnormal. It's not just these big things like, oh, man, I had an affair. I got to get forgiveness. It's, hey, girls, I spoke really harsh with you yesterday. I'm sorry. That didn't honor God the way I did that, and your daddy should do better than that. It's, hey, Deb, I got really consumed with work this week, and I wasn't very present. I'm sorry for that. I shouldn't have done that. And then these words come out of her mouth, and my daughter's mouth says, Daddy, we forgive you. What happens? We live well with one another. But if we don't recognize these moments, if we don't live understanding that we are every day, all the time, in a place of of wrecking relationships and hurting one another and distancing ourselves from God, if we don't live in a moment by moment, day by day of that, what will happen? Guilt will be heaped and resentment will be had. But until the normative way of life is seeking and granting forgiveness and understanding that I've been given forgiveness by God and I live out of that and I forgive 70 times seven, I I forgive endlessly, not just 490 times, endlessly in my life because I have been forgiven endlessly by my Savior. I believe, I believe this text, I believe this spiritual concept is one that is critical for the church today, every day, until Jesus returns. And I believe in this, we ought to take it very seriously. Because if we don't, there is a lot at stake. Anybody in the room want to live in bitterness? Live in anger? Live seeking vengeance? Live in the guilt and bitterness that unforgiveness brings within our heart. 
I don't think very many people want to live in that, and so we must make a decision. Will I live under the reign of kingdom of self, or will I live under the reign of the kingdom of God? Paul said it like this, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who was raised. Might we no longer live for ourselves, but for our king who has forgiven us. Let's pray together. Father, this morning, would you help us to consider to consider our ways. Lord, I believe that this passage, Lord, it's one that speaks deeply into our heart and to our life in regards to the unforgiveness in which we hold and harbor against others. Lord, the forgiveness we need for those in which we've harmed and hurt. Lord, I know that today in the hearts and minds of us, you have revealed things in which we have done to wrong others. And Lord, I believe that you have revealed into us the hurt and harm that others have done to us. Lord, I pray that the harm and hurt that others have done to us, that you would help us to let loose of, even forgiving without being asked, so that we might not live in bitterness. But Lord, for those that have, have hurt those that we have hurt and harmed, Lord, help us to to find restitution, to find a way in which we can make things right. Lord, help us to be wise in how we do it. But Lord, we know that the economy of your kingdom, that this life is not about us, but it is about you and your ways, and your ways and your character are not full of vengeance. It's not full of guilt and it's not full of bitterness. Would you set us free from it today? that we might live under the fullness of your authority in our lives. So Lord, help us to respond in any way appropriate this morning, I ask in Jesus' name, amen. If you'll stand, we're gonna sing. And these altars are open. Maybe there's something that someone, that God has brought to your mind that you need to come to these altars and pray for. Maybe, maybe God is speaking to you in a specific way, but might we respond as we finish our time this morning?